0: You are about to hear a message from one of our worship services at Rescue Church, located in West New York, New Jersey. If you'd like to visit or learn more about us, please check out www.rescuechurch.tv. Alright, now, tonight I want to briefly enter into Psalm 1. Psalm uh, 1, if you want to, let me give you an encouraging uh, thing. If you want to do a really fascinating study, study in the scripture where it says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Wherever you find blessed is the man, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I encourage you to read that, pray that, enter into that, (laughs) desire that. And uh, now this is a psalm of wisdom. So there's different genres uh, of psalms, but this is a psalm of wisdom. It says this, blessed, happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. This is very, very important. Who you go to for counsel and who gives you advice. Now the word here for counsel is not just advice. It's God's plan. So you cannot receive something godly from ungodly people. Do not seek the world for a word. One of the things people don't realize, this is, I'm gonna tell you something here. Many people don't realize they're poisoning themselves. Many times you go to the world for a motivation, and you, you see them on Instagram, it's a motivational clip, and you hear a voiceover. And what they're pumping you full of is selfish ambition. They're poisoning you, and you don't know it. It seems good. It seems raw. Ugh, you can do this and that. That is pumping you full of selfish ambition. That's poison. That's a contaminant. See, in in the kingdom, many times it's very subtle. It's not. It's not. You know. Something crazy and sinful and overtly obvious is, is if if you are if you are if if you're a mature believer, the enemy is not going to come at you with something ridiculous like that, because that that is cognitively when your mind is renewed, it's actually ridiculous. Like that's how you know. Okay, for example, you know your mind is renewed. The less temp- the less tempting temptation is, you know your mind is renewed because the, it doesn't make sense. So it'll be really foreign to you. So then the enemy will come with more subtle stuff, distractions, but things that are subtle, things that appear good, but, but it's feeding something wrong in you. See? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful of the mocker? So here you see a progression of being more comfortable with evil. What are you seeing? You're seeing I'm walking with them, then I'm standing with them, I'm posted up on the corner with them, I'm standing with them, now I'm sitting with them. And so what's happening is you're becoming more comfortable Around the wrong people, with the wrong counsel, with the wrong perspective, with the wrong desire. And so these are the people that are speaking into your life. Listen, just because someone is talking doesn't mean you need to receive what is being said. So you have to have your guard up and your filter. You know, I'm not saying be closed off and... and, and, But you have to have a filter and and what is being said to you has to be filtered through faith, through truth, through also timing. Is this God's timing for for what? Because sometimes God will say something to you, but it's not it's not for now. Or sometimes God will say something to you, but it's for you. It's not for us. So so you have to have a filter of discernment and a filter of wisdom so you understand what, what, it, what is being presented to you? So you see here a path. You see counsel. You see, see it being seated. So, so there is a progression that the enemy tries to do to desensitize us to evil. There was, a, there was a pastor. I couldn't believe what he was saying. It was so clear. I said, this is really something... Uh, a black bishop, I think his name was Wooden or something like that, was speaking about how the enemy used Tyler Perry to allow the black church to embrace drag. It, and, and it's through humor and through the desensitization that humor does. So you listen to me, what I'm trying to say to you is that you have to be very careful what you're hearing. You have to be very careful what you listen to and what you put stock in. Very careful. Now, the antithesis of the wrong counsel, the wrong people, and being so comfortable that that you go to them for advice, that you walk with them, that you stand with them, that you sit with them. The opposite of all that is this. But his delight, who? Who? The blessed man. See, the blessed man is a man who knows what to focus on. That's very, very important. If you focus on the wrong things, the wrong things will wear you out. If you focus on the right things, the right things will energize you. You focus on the word, you feel refreshed. Even exercise, you go and you exercise, you lift weights, you run, you feel better later. No one ever drank a protein shake and said, man, I have so much regret. But you know what? You, you, you drink a 24-ounce milkshake and you're sitting there like, oh, what did I do? See, but when you, when you do the right thing, when you make the right choices, there's not regret attached to them. Blessed uh, is the man. Now, His delight, this is what he focuses on, his delight, what he takes joy in, what he gets pleasure in, is in the law of the Lord. The the moral absolutes of the Lord. In other words, what God expects, what God requires, what God blesses. So you learn to delight in also the direction Check it out in Hebrew, the direction of the Lord. So one of the ways I find direction is in the absolutes of God. That's why there's certain things that have to become non-negotiable in your home so that there is always a true north. What is the true north? Not how you feel, not how I feel. What does the word of God say? If the word of God is not the true north, then everything becomes subjective to your feelings to your desires, to your mother-in-law, to how people... Listen, that's not what this is about. This is about having a true north, having a course that is charted for us already. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Watch this. And in his law, he meditates when? Day and night. Meditation Real meditation is not, in, in the biblical sense, meditation is not about emptying yourself. Meditation is about filling yourself. So, meditation in a biblical context is about filling your mind and filling your mouth with the same thing. Because if you can get your mind and your mouth in agreement, your situation will shift and will change. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's a fact. <laughs> you know, okay. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. Whatever you delight in is not a burden to you. If serving is a burden, if giving is a burden, if studying is a burden, you're too busy. If what you should take delight in feels like a burden, your priorities are out of order and you are setting yourself up to burn yourself out. One of the most fascinating things is people say, I am taking a break from church. I am taking a break from serving. Would you take a break from your direct deposit? You ever call your boss and say, excuse me, hey, I just want to let you know I'm a little moneyed out. I'm a little tired this week, so let's hold, let's hold off on the direct deposit because I'm, I'm a little moneyed out. No, that in your mind, that is a source of life for you, and so you look for that to come. See? This, this tells you when, when one of the things your feelings are, your feelings are notifications. They notify you either something is really wrong or something is really right. And you have to be sensitive. The more sanctified you are, the more sensitive you are to the feelings, which are good. By the way, feelings are good. God gave you them. He has them. They make incredible servants, terrible masters. Right? So, so now, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates day and night. So What does that mean? It means that he he reads, he focuses, and what he's thinking about comes out of his mouth. Watch this. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, and whatever he does, shall prosper and whatever he does shall succeed imagine if someone says look it I don't know who you are what you do I want you on my team they say what do you mean well we've been watching you oh yeah we've been watching you okay and and I noticed that whatever you put your hand on succeeds Imagine that. Imagine that. That so that means that it doesn't matter what you do because your heart and your mind are aligned with the Word of God, and you will not put your hand to something that will not succeed. I, I have said this to someone: you cannot afford to lose. I talked to Brett about this. If you have to get up and go to work every day, you cannot afford to lose. Nothing. You can spend, you can give, but you cannot afford to lose. If you got to get up and go to work, you can't afford to lose anything. So now, the more my mind is renewed, the more I understand what I should and should not engage with. See, this is something that's so simple but so important. If, if your heart is not restored and your mind is not renewed, you are your worst enemy. <laughs> it's like people trying to figure out what the problem is. No, 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 you're the problem. <laughs> it's like no look no further. Look in the mirror, because if your heart is not restored and your mind is not renewed, you are your worst enemy. How do I know? I've been my worst enemy. <laughs> and and whatever he does shall succeed, shall prosper. Also, you see the word advance, whatever he does. So sometimes you advance slowly. (laughs) Sometimes it's in strides, but and whatever he does will advance, will prosper, will succeed. Imagine if we live like that. People go, man, I got to have you on my team. Why is that, sir? Well, because whatever you touch prospers. Whatever you put your hand on is blessed. See, that's why we have to be very careful what we put our hands on. That's why when it says, when Paul is talking to Timothy, he says, lay lay your hands on no man suddenly. That's not talking about laying hands on the sick. Lay hands on anything that moves. He's talking about do not put your hands on someone prematurely and release them in the ministry. You need to know those who labor among you. Do not just go and put your hands on anything. Now, if someone is sick, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That's not what that's talking about. You have to understand it in context. So we have to be careful what we think about, what we speak about, and what we put our hands to. Be careful. And whatever he does shall prosper. But before that, it says something profound. It says, and his leaves shall not wither. You know know what that is? That is supernatural longevity. That's not natural. Leaves wither in their season. But he's talking about two things here. He's talking about you will bear fruit in your season. This is very important. That's very important. You, you will not, don't, you will not, one of the beauties and one of the promises of tithing is this? It says, and your vines shall not bear fruit before their season, which means that God is not going to give you a blessing that will curse you. A blessing that curses someone is, is when a rapper or an athlete, you know, makes 60 or 70 million dollars and three years later they're broke. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. There's no shame and there's no regret. So, you will bear fruit in season. You will bear fruit in your season, but yet there's there's something else happening here, but your leaves shall not wither. That is talking about supernatural longevity. Let me tell you what you need that on. You need that on your marriage, you need that on your investments, you need that on your ministry. You need that, can I tell you where you need that? In, in one of the most neglected places in misunderstood, you know where you need that in? Your relationships and your leaves shall not wither. That means that when God gives you a relationship, it's for life. That's what Mac taught me. If God gives you a relationship, it's for life. And your leaves shall not wither. I want you to start to say to yourself, from the word of God, my leaves are not withering. Because I am delighting in the Lord and I am focusing on what is it that he requires. And and let me say this. God said the same thing to Joshua. He said, meditate on the book of the law day and night so that you will have good success. You, You see how success and what you focus on is yoked together? Intuitively, if I'm going to start lifting and training, the phone is going. Kr-. If I'm going to spend time with my wife, you know what I'm saying? Oh, adult time, phone goes. If, if, you, if you want to spend time in prayer, phone has to go. You, you have to. In this culture, learn how to remove distractions. Airplane mode. Airplane mode. I am. Yeah, yeah. Some of us are on permanently. Do not disturb me ever. So if I don't look at my phone, my phone is always permanently on that. Sometimes I go, how did it get on focus? (laughs) Oh, this is worse than focus. This is (laughs) like unless I have my phone in my hand, which is like 89 percent of the day. Anyway, he shall be like a tree planted now. God plants you, let me say this to you, God plants you to prosper you. So if God plants you in the house of the Lord, if God plants you in a job, if God plants you in relationships, if He plants you to prosper you, don't uproot yourself and try to prosper yourself. That's what people do. They go, well, I can't meet a man here. I'm leaving. I can't meet a woman here. I'm leaving. I don't, they don't have, and people uproot themselves and they never receive a harvest on what they sowed into. Don't uproot yourself prematurely. Always acknowledge God and ask him, God, lead me, guide me. Be the one that, that does all that. Because God's intention is for you to prosper and to be in good health even as your soul prospers. This is the the heart of the father for his kids. I don't have kids and hope that they'll be losers. I want them to prosper and I want them to have good success, but real prosperity only comes when your priorities are correct. The difference between a blessing and idolatry are priorities. Incorrect priorities are idolatry. I mean, so, so that, that means that, that God has to be first in all things. All things. Not just money. All things. First. If he's first in all things, money won't be such a challenge. If he's first in all things, you know, taming your sexuality and having discipline, that won't be a challenge. If he's first, you will watch your mouth before you say something nasty to someone. If he's first, you know, if he's first, you're first looking to him. Before you, you know, you go on a walk. Okay, the ungodly are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. They don't, they don't know if they're coming, they're going. Any little wind of, of, of they're just out. You see people like that. As soon as a challenge comes their way, they're out. I'm leaving the church. I'm leaving the job. I'm leaving the marriage. I'm leaving the business. But the problem with those people, guess who they're stuck with? Their own worst enemy, themselves. So that's why it's critical to allow the Lord to deal with us. Do you know one of the ways God deals with us? We, we, we get in the word. We don't read the word. The word reads us. That's why many people don't want to get in the word. They want to do podcasting. They want to turn on worship music. And, and, and No, no, no. Get in the word. The word is a mirror. You have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's according to the word. You have an encounter with an angel. It's according to the word. You have an encounter with a real prophetic. It's according to the word. The word, imagine an angel in Daniel 10, he comes to talk about the word of God, talk about a scripture. The word of God will deal with the heart. It is a discerner of what? The thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, the word of God will deal with what I want to do and why I want to do it. It'll get to the very heart of the matter. So as I meditate on the word, And as I focus on the absolutes of God and the standard of God, I find direction for my life. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Learning to delight in what is good for you. That's part of sanctification. Many times we do not delight in the things that are good for us. You can see it even in our taste buds. Our taste buds, one time... The Lord said to me, your taste buds are so unsanctified that you will prefer what the world gives you versus what I made. I'm not saying I'm not judging you. I like Twinkies better than, you know, strawberries. But you got you You know, if our taste buds and our desires don't change, nothing will change. And how does that change? by refocusing, by getting into the Word and letting the Word get into you. There's no quick fix. You know, like going to counseling, that's awesome, do it. Go to a conference, that's amazing, do it. Go on a mission trip, you're amazing, awesome. But guess what? If you don't consistently stay in the Word, you're going to have, you're going to have unnecessary trouble in your life because you are unstable. The word and the, and the truth, because what does God desire? God desires truth in your inward parts, in your inner gut that centers you around Jesus and his priorities. Okay, the ungodly are not so. They're like chaff, which the wind drives away. Chaff, you know what? They, they take a heart and they go, and it, it blows away. And, and that's exactly how people who are ungodly are like. They cannot be rooted. You know, you know how you tell the difference between wheat and tare? You only see it in harvest season. The wheat bows down with the sovereignty of the wind. The tares stand straight up. And they identify themselves At harvest time. So people who are obstinate to the moving of the Holy Spirit, people who resist the Holy Spirit, you don't want to be that. Okay. But the ungodly are not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Do you remember when they came to get Jesus? Remember that? They said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He goes, I am he. They all fall back. That was not a Benny Hinn Pentecostal thing. That was Jesus flexing and saying, no one takes my life. I lay it down. He said to them, I could call a legion of angels right now. You're not taking my life. I'm laying it down. Let me put you on your back for a second. The baddest Navy SEALs alive came for him. Sinners cannot stand in the congregation of the righteous. So, yeah, that's another situation. Okay, Uh, now, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So, this one of the beauties of the scripture, the wisdom literature, the parables, the songs, is God is giving us a clear choice. The beauty of Jesus is that he, he, he provides clarity. He doesn't manipulate you. He doesn't be like, oh, this is going to be easy. This is going to be great. You're going to be amazing. Oh, You are already amazing. No, he's, he's like, no, like, this is going to be difficult. Narrow is the way. Straight is the gate. Few you, you find it, you know, like he, he tells them, he doesn't reduce it. To the rich young ruler and go, okay, let's do 10% now, 20% later, and 100%. He goes, come follow me. So either your heart responds or you don't. And he doesn't reduce it so it's palatable. That's not what he's looking for. He's looking for people who are all in. But the beauty of Jesus is that Jesus provides us with profound clarity. Profound, like Jesus will offend you. But you will misunderstand him if you're paying attention. The scripture here is showing us the ungodly who perish. The ungodly, uh, they cannot be planted. They don't have roots. They're like Cain, they're vagabonds. They're wanderers. Listen, travelers are not wanderers. Travelers are different than wanderers. You have a lot of people in the body of Christ that they are wanderers. Travelers are traveling with intent and with purpose, they have direction. And, and, and this, is the, this is the thing too, prophetically, there's like two types of Christians. There are Christians who are like butterflies and, and they go into a dark season and they get wrapped up and they die and then something beautiful comes forth. It goes from earthly to heavenly. There's a, there's a transformation, a deep transformation that takes place. And then there's other Christians that they are like birds. What is a bird? A bird has in its head a pineal gland. And the pineal gland tells the bird where the sun is. And and they migrate toward the sun, but they never change. They just go places. They're looking for sunlight. They're looking for ease. They, They do not go through a transformational metamorphosis process Because they are not committed to the transformation. They want to go where it's warm and sunny. Don't let that spirit get into you. Don't think, I got to get out of here. I can't succeed in New Jersey. I got to go to Florida, Texas, or Tennessee, or wherever they, Nashville, another hiding place for people, for the whites. Listen to me. You can prosper right where God planted you. Right in West New York, yep. right wherever we are, God can prosper the work of our hands and bless us. Right here, you, you don't have. Listen, it, it all it all comes down to: Are we committed to the process of allowing God to work deeply in our life? That that's that's all it comes down to. Like, are you going to hang in there when it's difficult? Are you going to hang in there when you're, you don't get what your faith is hoping for? Bless you. Are you are you going to hang in there when you're standing in the gap between what God promised and what you see? You know, you, so you have to see how you're, because your faith journey is all about how you navigate the gap of where you are to where God said that you'll be. How you navigate that gap and also how you behave in that gap really determines if people enjoy being with you. (laughs) It's like if you're always complaining, miserable, you know, who wants to be around misery? We don't got no time for that. Take your misery to the Lord. He will do something beauty. He gives beauty for ashes. I do not give beauty for ashes. The Lord gives beauty for us. So take your misery to Jesus. Take your difficulties to Jesus. Take your hopes, dreams, pains, problems, and let him do something beautiful in you and let him prosper you where he planted you. Because we have in, our, in us, we, this is what happens. We, we get itchy. We want to see something. We want to do something. We want to have something. And and we get, and, and you know, we start, we start making and trying to, no, no, no. Let him do it. Let him do it. It's better if he does it. If you do it, it's not, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't, because he is, let me say one thing. God is morally obligated to finish whatever he starts. So I'm not into false starts. I'm not into we're going to do this and we're going to do that and this is the year of vision and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm not into that. People have a, a prophetic word every day and they don't even know if they're coming or going. I'm not into that. What I'm into is what does God say? What does God say? And do that. And do that whether it's easy, do that whether it's fun, do that whether, just do that. Why? Why do I say that? I say that because God himself is obligated to finish what he started. God is not obligated to finish what I started. That's that's the difference between I'm not I don't want to put my hand to nothing. Nothing. I don't want <laughs> if he doesn't say put your hand to that. I don't. I, I said, no, no, no. I keep my hands in my hoodie. I, said, I don't want no, no, no. I want him to say, no, no, no. Put your hand to that because it will prosper and it will succeed. Because if I put my hands to things that don't succeed, people don't trust me. And if you put your hands to things that don't succeed, how how can people know if they can trust you? That's why you can't afford to lose. You can afford to give and spend and live, but you cannot afford to lose. You got to get that out of your mind. Don't lose. Don't lose. We got to get losing out. I had a hockey coach. Let me tell you a last story. I had a hockey coach. He used to be. He was a former Minnesota North Star hockey coach. And that year, we lost our first game. He said, "How many goals did you lose by?" We said, "Two goals." He said, "Okay. I want you to give me ten bare hand ice push ups." For every goal that you lost by, we're going to get losing out of your system today. Today. From that game, we lost no more games the rest of the season, went on to win the championship, and we were undefeated except the first game that we lost. What did he do? He saw something in us that we did not see in ourselves He raised our level of expectation to his level of expectation and he he shook that thing out of our mind that day. And that never would have happened unless he would have saw that in us. And here's, here's what God sees in you. God sees in you all of the seeds that he's planted in you for greatness. But you cannot evade the process, and think you're going to live in the purpose. Embrace the process. Go through it. Own it. Learn from it. Embrace it. Because it will will transform you. It will test you. I I just, I had a, a watch fix this week. It went through a process. When it went through the process, something else went wrong in it. They said, you don't have to pay for it. They fixed it. If it wouldn't have went through that process, I would have got it. And and then a little while, it would have, and then I'd be shattered emotionally. But there is a reason why there is a process. There is a reason why we walk through pressure. We go through pressing. We get Squeeze. We get there's a reason why these things happen. You, I, 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 we misunderstood each other. I know God wants you to have so much love, vulnerability, and intimacy that you can't miss, you, you cannot misunderstand each other, you cannot offend each other because there is mature love there, and if you don't deal with the offenses and the misunderstanding these things, now, later, you will not be able to handle the pressures of life when everything is pulling you every which way. So it's better now, when the stakes are low, to deal with it, instead of saying, no, everything is good, everything's okay, everything's good, it's everything okay. And then later, the, the, the cabin gets pressurized And then all these things that were suppressed come out. That's what happens. That's what happens to people in in life and in ministry. It happens to people in business. They assume that everything is okay. And then later, the pressure comes. The temptation comes. The opportunity comes that you were not ready for. And that, that does something to you and it, and it takes you and, and leads you. And something that was supposed to be a blessing leads people completely astray because they were unwilling to deal with certain things in the wilderness season. When God took the children of Israel through the wilderness, there was things that God was wanting to sift them from. The wilderness is a very important time, and there's, there's lessons in the wilderness that if you don't learn those lessons in the wilderness, you will not know how to act in the promised land. So there's things that that we, for example, there's things in our life that that while we wait for God to answer our prayer, while we lay hold of the promise, while we go through the valley, while we... While we go through that, there are things that are necessary for us to learn for our journey later. These are important. So that's why in in the kingdom, let me say one thing to you. We cannot be in a rush. Jesus was never in a rush. The only thing he said to do quickly was Judas. Judas. Do it quickly and get out of here. Basically, New Jersey translation. You know? Do it quickly. Everything else was never quick. It was always set him down in groups of 50. Set order. He was not in a rush. Do not be in a rush. There's nothing that you have to be in a rush for anytime you feel an ungodly sense of pressure 99% of the time it's not from God one time an old man man of God told me something i never forget it he said adam god leads the devil pushes don't let the devil push you with orphan thinking There's not going to be enough. I'm not saying don't seize an opportunity in the lifetime of that opportunity like Leonard Ravenhill says. Don't don't mishear what I'm saying. Sometimes you need to just hit the gas and go. But do not let the enemy be the one that tells you to push the gas. and, And the enemy always functions on lack and fear. Don't listen to that. We have to pace ourselves. All right. God wants you to be like a fruitful tree. That's it. Simple. You see that metaphor in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, oaks of righteousness, uh, the planting of the Lord, the idea of roots going down. Paul says, rooted and grounded in Christ. This idea, I am the true vine, you're you know, you're the branches, the idea of life-giving connection from Jesus to us, and the idea of organic life flowing, this is a plant does not pray to bear fruit. It just needs to be planted in the right place. And God is very wise in his planting. I'm, I'm reading about deciduous forest with my daughter. Very fascinating. Within a deciduous forest, you have a canopy that sits over the forest, which protects the nutrients in the earth from rain, because too much rain will cause it to wash up what was planted. So you see that the sun creeps in. It keeps it cool during the day, but it also keeps the heat in at night. God is very intentional about the environments that he puts his people in. Let me say this to you. This is the last thing. God does not do anything by accident. Nothing by accident. Nothing. So everything that God has done in your life up until now is with intention for the moment you're living in right now. And what God is doing among us is with the intention of what he wants to do later. See? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can delight in your word, that we can find direction in you. Lord, thank you that we are not going to the world, we're going to the word. Thank you for warning us, Lord, about distraction and, and everything that you spoke through Dee's mouth. That was very important. So thank you that you have planted us with the intention of prospering us. So Lord, we want all of the promises and all of the prosperity that you have for us, but we won't put it before you. We will not put the promise before you. We will not put prosperity before you. We will keep everything in its proper place so that we could retain what you're wanting to pour out so that we can fulfill the assignment that you've given us in this season. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.